0: 1690 a.m. in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demester. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in to another edition of. The Power Hour here at CJLO, 16 at 90 a.m. Dominic and I are very excited to be doing this show. Dom, I've said it before and I continue to say it almost every week. It has been a very wacky NFL season to say the least. And I spoke with a coworker today and he said wacky in a good way. And I said, I can't agree with you anymore. When we thought we had things figured out, we realized we don't. Uh, another crazy weekend with comebacks, upsets, the whole shebang, Dominic
1: the whole shebang wow a lot of upsets a lot of teams however really showcasing their skill now late in the season the cream is rising to the top in certain areas so let's get started and talking about it right away
0: all right Dom look I'm gonna give you the honors there's a lot of games to unpack give us the, the pleasure of unpacking our first game
1: well, let's start off with a divisional matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and oh, yeah. the Atlanta Falcons. Man, this division is a hard one to predict, and this game wasn't any different. Back and forth, back and forth, who comes up? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning 29-25. to 25 baker mayfield with a nice pass to kate otten to seal the deal late in this football game listen tampa bay right now does look like the front runner in this division but i'm telling you william i have still no clue who's gonna take it it could easily be the atlanta falcons you know this division the way i can describe it is it's really led By their defense, every single team in this division have a strong defense, maybe except for Carolina, but Atlanta's got a good defense, Tampa Bay's got a good defense, and obviously the Saints have a good defense. So, which offense can overseed The defense, and in this game, it kind of was Baker Mayfield, but I gotta tell you, it wasn't pretty. And if it wasn't that one beautiful pass that he did, I think that Baker Mayfield would have been blamed for the loss in this football game. His stats weren't great 14 for 29, 144 yards, and two TDs the thing is he didn't throw a pick and that's obviously we all know if you throw a pick like Desmond Ritter, one pick to the house and that was pretty much the difference maker. You know, you just can't make, any mistakes in this division and right now you know I I'm kind of leaning towards Tampa Bay but Mm. I'm telling you it's probably going to be the Saints for whatever reason I still think the Saints are going to come out of this division right now it's going to be ugly but in this football game again defense led the way and Tampa Bay took it 29 to 25.
0: Well, it's funny because I was just about to ask you who do you think is going to win the division? Right now, we have a three way tie with the Falcons, Saints, and exactly like we just mentioned, those Tampa Bay Buccaneers sitting at six and seven. Right now, Tampa Bay holds the tiebreaker and they are sitting first in the division. This is tough. And I was really, you know, excited for this game. And I'm glad I was going for Tampa Bay, you know, number one, because. Who doesn't like a three-way tie for first place in the division? I think it creates excitement, and I, I wanted this game for Baker. And when you, Desmond Ritter scored that touchdown late in the game, this rushing touchdown, I said, "Man, Atlanta's going to extend their their lead in first place in the division." Baker Mayfield goes down, gets the job done, and he answered quite a few questions in that final drive. I know, obviously, he still has uh, you know uh, a lot more to prove in um a lot more to uh, improve on for sure. But, you know, sitting at six and seven right now with Tampa Bay, uh, you're going to have all these teams playing against each other at least once more, I believe, with Tampa, the Saints, and the Falcons. And, you know, preseason, I picked the Saints to win this division, but for some reason, my gut's telling me to think uh, things. Atlanta's going to clean things up, and they're going to win this division. Uh, so, you know, you sit between Tampa Bay and the Saints, I'm going to say Atlanta. So, just go to show you how up and down this division really is. And I think what's really exciting is every game is so important down the stretch, uh, but even, you know, it becomes times two when these teams get to play each other and there'll be an NFC uh, self-battle to end the uh, the regular season, and that could very, very well be for the division. Yeah, and as for the game itself, uh, you know, it was, it was a good and like you mentioned, you said it was a back-and-forth game. That's exactly what it was, and you know, an exciting game, and you know, impressive for Tampa Bay to win in Atlanta. You know, it's not easy to win there. You got the Dome, uh, the, crowd, the crowd will be loud as per usual, and yeah, that's exactly what they were, so, so credit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for going in there and getting the victory. It should be an exciting finish there in the NFC South. Let's go now to Miami South Beach, a game I want to talk. I don't want to talk about, but I want to get it the heck out of the way. With the Dolphins up 27-13, late in the fourth quarter, they have the game in the bag. Three and a half minutes left. So much so that I even went and turned on the Giants game because that game was on at the same time. And that was a closer game. Tennessee scores. They go for two. They each they uh, creep up within six. Miami goes three and out. They go down the field. They score again, led by a nice 30-yard uh, or 30-plus-yard catcher by DeAndre Hopkins. And the Tennessee Titans stun absolutely stunned the Miami Dolphins. This game was in the bag. Though. I'm not sure if you're watching the game live, but I'm sure you know what uh, what went down. Miami had a chance to like get a game-winning field goal. Tua gets sacked on fourth downs. And look, I'm going to talk about this game as a Dolphins fan. Um, it's just miscues, right? It's miscues they've had from the start of the season. Uh, you know, you got the a fumble in the first half. Uh, with a new center coming in, right? Connor Williams gets injured. You put in Eichenberg. Miami gets to the five-yard line. They fumble. Okay, you know, it, it's happened before. They've still found a way to win games. Then they get a field goal blocked. Then Bradley Chubb on a play, makes a, uh, misses a sack. He grabs his helmet. And he whoops on the ground. That continues the drive. 15-yard penalty. Tennessee goes and punches in. It's little mistakes that Miami is making. Uh, they do a very good job of moving the ball on the field, but for some reason in the red zone, uh, or just, just before the red zone, their, their drive seem to stall, and uh, their kicker, Sanders, hasn't had a great year, so... Miami's sitting at 9-4. It does look great record-wise, but, you know, they still have yet to beat that great team. And I really felt like this weekend you have a lot of teams that – I'm not saying the Dolphins are pretenders, but, you know, if you want to look at the glasses half empty, you have the Dolphins that just lost to Tennessee with a backup quarterback. Mind you, Will Levi, you know, is – I'm impressed with them. You can call them a pretender if you want. you got the Eagles getting crushed back-to-back weeks uh, against championship-caliber teams. And then you have the Lions that find a way to lose and are not even close to being in the game against the Bears. So uh, potentially a lot of questions answered from these great quote-unquote contending teams. Uh, but like I said, it just continues to, sh- to show how weird of a season it was. But, you know, got to give credit to the Titans there. Will Levi looked good. And he looked pumped after that game-winning TD. And I love to see that from a quarterback. And I think that that's the difference between him and Tannehill with Miami uh, when Tannehill was there you know Tannehill was you know decent high completion percentage but I never really felt that leadership and that energy but from Will Levi Don he's playing for his career right now and uh, he could very well be the starting quarterback come next year for the Titans because he had a great fourth quarter performance and the Titans shocked the Miami Dolphins to come away with, the, with a one-point victory.
1: Huge upset in Miami. I mean, the Titans were 0 and six away, and the Dolphins were five and zero at home. I guess something had to give, and you know, sometimes Mike Vrabel just puts a game plan together and makes it happen. And this was no different. You know, they haven't been playing amazing football, the Titans, but they've been kind of lingering around in all these football games because they play so conservative so conservative football that mm-hmm. eventually you're bound to break one. And it needed a superstar to step up and no other than Deandre Hopkins, seven receptions, 124 yards and one TD. If only they were going to got this production out of Hopkins a bit earlier in the season, perhaps they wouldn't be sitting here at five and eight kind of a one latch. There's still a shot. Somehow they would have to win it out. And a lot yeah. of uh, things would have to fall for the Titans way. I, I doubt that happens. As for Miami, you know, you need a, a healthy Tyreek Hill. going Coming down the stretch, you know, Tyreek Hill's been banged up a lot. And I if I'm Miami, I know I'm making the playoffs. I'm starting to rest Tyreek Hill. Because mm-hmm. if in order for Miami to be successful, they need both Waddell and Tyreek. They can't just have one of them. It just won't mm-hmm. be the same. I'm sorry, Cedric Wilson Jr. ain't going to cut it in my opinion. And I know you have a good kind of like a running back combo with Mostert and A-Chain. But for whatever reason, if you lose Waddell or Hill, Miami is going to choke and they're going to be out maybe in the first round. So keep an eye on Tyreek Hill's health. I would like to see him play as, like, as less as possible. They're going to make the playoffs regardless. They're going to win one game here or there down the stretch, whether he's there or not. But I would prefer to see him rested, because they're going to need them. They can make a run, and my opinion, Miami is one of the best teams in the AFC. I said a couple times this year, and all they need to do is not to press it too much down the stretch. It's a war of attrition. You need healthy bodies. If you don't have healthy bodies, you're going absolutely nowhere. They just lost their centerman, but I yeah. think this this offense is so high powered they can move without their centerman because. You just spread the ball, and at the end of the day, it's like, who's going to get open? That's the Miami Dolphins' style of football. I think they can get away with that huge loss. But Tyreek Hill is one they cannot afford. So they lost this football game. Turn the page. Move forward. The Titans win it 28-27.
0: Yeah, hopefully it's a learning experience for Miami that, you know, like you said, probably going to make the playoffs. It would be nice if they won that game battling for that one seed. A One seed is obviously still possible. They're going to play the Ravens on New Year's Eve. That could very well be for the uh, the overall, uh, number one overall seed in the AFC and the bye. But yeah, like you said, hopefully they're able to come over their concerns at the snapper position, Connor Williams. For the year with the torn ACL and, you know, we saw the um, unfortunate sap situation between Tua and their backup center. So something to monitor. And, uh, yeah, Tyreek Hill, it was a little troublesome to see them slow slow down as much as they did without Tyreek because they have more weapons. But I think that shows how valuable Tyreek is to this team. All right, let's continue with the recaps, Tom. Yeah, speaking about another team
1: trying to vie for the first place overall in the AFC, how about the Kansas City Chiefs losing to the Buffalo Bills to you know, I am happy for Buffalo. I'm truly, truly happy for them. This was a huge win. Even though Josh Allen didn't have the greatest game, going 23 for 42, 233 yards, one TD and one pick, still had kind of like one of those weird picks, but... They somehow found a way to get over that hump. And I think James Cook here is the secret recipe that enabled Buffalo to keep the Chiefs kind of like guessing on an every single down play. So James Cook running 10 carries, 58 yards, 5.8 yards a carry. That is big. And also catching for five receptions and 83 yards. It was a James Cook show. And this is how the Bills win football games and i we talked about it for the past two years yes josh allen still managed to run 10 times uh for 32 yards but it needs to be predominantly the running game in Buffalo that really sets up Josh Allen for success. You could throw in a couple of wacky plays for Josh Allen here and there, but as long as you don't see it on every single play, Josh Allen trying to kind of like make some magic happen, that's when Josh Allen will throw a couple picks here and there, and that's going to cost him the game. So I liked how they brought in James Cook here, was successful at the right time. There's gonna be a disgruntled person on this football team, and that guy's Stephon Diggs. You know, only four receptions for 24 yards on 11 targets. You know, I'm sure he's feeling it right now. But Stefan, just chill right now. You know, you're winning big games. You're seven and six. Show up in the playoffs show up when it counts, where no matter what, you're going to be facing the best DB and it's going to be a mono-no-mono fight. Just bite the bullet for now. Let the teams really focus on you. Let you be the decoy. And this is what happened in this game. Kansas City fell for that trap and just not enough enough offense for Kansas City. You know, we've talked about it all year. Where are the other receivers? Yes, Rashi Rice is kind of like stepping up as this number one now, but it's like, I don't know. It's like, it's not good enough. You know, Rishi Rice, if he was that great, it's his rookie season, but he needs to be even better. This Chiefs offense is struggling. Clyde Edward Allaire being their lead back in this football game was obviously the reason why they lost. But I I don't want to see Pat Mahomes complaining about one last play in the football game. I'm sorry, one last play like that, to me, it was an offensive offside. We don't rarely, it's a rarely seen a uh, call but it was nonetheless a blatant call and man this poor tony kid he's been feeling it all year long he's been the, the the cost of the chiefs losses in multiple games now he will not be there next year it's guaranteed but they're trying to pump him up they have no choice they got nobody at wide yeah. right receiver so they can't start you know saying that kadiri's tony you know we're not going to use him again because who else is gonna step up to the plate? They have they have no choice but to pump up his kind of like confidence. But man, I'm not liking this Kansas City Chiefs at all. Pat Mahomes, I'm telling you, man, this guy's struggling, and I don't see this team. This team could be a one and out team. However, something tells me the gambling gods are gonna make this team favorites just enough to propel this team a bit forward. But let's see. Let's see. It wouldn't shock me if Kansas City is a one and out team. But Buffalo, I'm so happy for you. You took this football game 20 to 17.
0: Hey, Dominic, don't look now. But those Denver Broncos are one game behind the Kansas City Chiefs. And I remember I asked you a few weeks back, and I thought I was crazy. I said, is there a chance the Denver Broncos make a run for this division? I don't, I don't think it'll happen, but it's very well a possibility now. You got um You've got eight games, excuse me, five games left and, uh, you know, uh, excuse me, four games left. And that, uh, yeah, four games. And that could very well. Uh, they don't play each other anymore in this uh, regular season. They split the season series one and one. Uh, but yeah, for Kansas City right now, look, they're going to make the playoffs. But talk about Buffalo's point of view. It's a huge, huge win for them because right now you got six Teams in the AFC, six of them sitting with a record of seven and six. It's you know jam packed as jam packed can be, um, and you know who needed this game game more? Yeah, it was definitely the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you can make the case that Kansas City also really needed this game because of the situation that's been going on, and they did too. But Buffalo, this was almost you know a must win game for them because of how uh, you know crowded. How many I guess you can say above 500 teams there are in the AFC. But yeah, I just really thought eventually Kansas City would get their offense going, they would get it figured out, and You know when you're down fourteen nothing and it's you know it's late in the first half. uh the the games aren't long enough for teams to make comebacks. Obviously, it happens, you know, but you can't afford to keep wasting drives and wasting drives. And unfortunately, that's been the case with this Kansas City Chiefs team. And look. Let me tell you something. I'm the first one to give heck to the refs and NFL, NFL refereeing this year has been poor and it's extremely inconsistent, but I'm, I'm sorry. That fly, even my grandmother would have thrown a flag for that one. He was clearly offside and for Mahomes to act the way he did. I think Stephen A. Smith said it very well. You know, it's, uh, Mahomes is a class act for the most part and a superstar, but I think it's the first time when he really crossed the line. He, he embarrassed himself, right? Um, and he, of all people, should not be making comments about the referees. You know, Kansas City has really got their fair share of 50 50 calls throughout their, uh, you know, Cinderella's, or it's not their dynasty run over the last few seasons. So, not a good look for Mahomes and not a good look for Andy Reid either. I don't know if he was doing that to try and back up his quarterback, but still, uh, not a good look for those Chiefs and a huge, huge win for those Buffalo Bills. So, Dominic, as you and I record this, uh, we're getting rumblings that Bill Belichick may not be back for uh, next season with the New England Patriots. And there seems to be uh, more than rumors and, and a very serious possibility at this point. Look, this is something that, you, you know, a few years ago we never would have thought be possible with the New England Patriots. But, like, I think the Patriots have just... in funny, after they just won a game against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers... Um, this is not obviously the season people expected from New England. They weren't necessarily supposed to be a Super Bowl contender, but they just look so poor this year. And, you know, post-Tom Brady life has not been it for the New England Patriots. And, you know, maybe they think they need a fresh start, a new head coach. And, you know, shocking, maybe not so shocking. It doesn't look like Bill Belichick will be turning to the Patriots. Uh, you know, and this is something that we you saw coming but i'm not sure we ever believed it would come if that makes any sense just because of you know belichick's uh history with the new england patriots but yeah this is this would be absolute breaking news and you know as uh, as we uh record the show right now it looks uh, to be a very serious possibility this is going to happen
1: yeah i mean kind of shocking and kind of not right yeah when we think bill belichick we think the new england patriots and no other franchise it's obviously bill belichick that was the foundation he brought in some good personnel. He brought in, obviously, dra- helped draft Tom Brady. So at the end of the day, it's his franchise, right? Robert Kraft, he's just the owner. He inherited all this, you know, perfect timing to buy a franchise and everything fell into place. But they, at the end of the day, you know, the magic of Tom Brady is gone. And once Tom left, you know, Bill was given an opportunity to, you know, rebuild this franchise. And he's done a poor 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 job and don't get me wrong you're not going to hit all your draft picks every single year but specifically in the last few it has been just horrible and that being said the way that they developed the recent quarterbacks how they all went down with mac jones and bailey zappy you know if i'm robert Kraft, i'm scratching my head and saying like i guess this has got to be the time To make a move because it is just god awful. And for them to actually beat Pittsburgh, I mean, wow. To me, they should have never beat Pittsburgh, but yet they got Pittsburgh's number. And to me, that's going to be the way that the Patriots kind of like will win this season. But what I'm trying to say here is that the Patriots, at the end of the day, they will be moving forward without Bill Belichick. You know, this is basically a team that needs to start rebuilding from head to toe. And beating the Steelers, a franchise that have won X amount of Super Bowls, that is probably, in my opinion, the best franchise in the NFL. I think these rumblings are coming out because it's time. For all we know, Belichick will beat KC this week. It'd be one of the greatest upsets ever. But it's time. It's time for Bill Belichick to close the door and move forward. He's not going anywhere outside of football. I guarantee you yeah. Bill Belichick will be staying in football and there are going to be opportunities. And the one that I'm eyeing, and I've said it a couple of weeks ago, the Los Angeles chargers are an opportunity to go there and build something beautiful with Justin yeah. Herbert. Herbert, unfortunately is injured. And that being said, he's going to have an opportunity to heal up and heal up right. He will, and he will enter next year on fire and being ready to deliver under a huge coach, which will probably be, I'm calling it now, Bill Belichick. It just makes sense, right? It really does. Having a guy who had a franchise quarterback in Tom Brady and led that team to six Super Bowls. I'm not saying that Herbert's going to win six Super Bowls. I'm Mm. just saying there's a guaranteed one Super Bowl. And Belichick, within the next five years, could make it happen. Guaranteed. Without a doubt, this guy is a franchise quarterback. And I do believe the time is now for Belichick to move on and to just go to Los Angeles, go to the Chargers, and build something beautiful because that franchise deserves a Super Bowl. And I think a guy like Bill Belichick has the know-how to build it with Justin Herbert. Mark my words, that will be on the top three list of bill Belichick's destinations but for now they got to move on speaking of a, a game that they won they won 21 18 against the Pittsburgh Steelers let's go yeah. through this game really briefly sure. against Mitch Trubinsky absolutely awful Bailey Zappi playing a decent game. you know throws three TDs who shows up finally in the guy that they paid the big money Juju Smith-Schuster against his whole team, four receptions, 90 yards. I mean, you couldn't have scripted any better. This is total Bill Belichick revenge against a franchise that he despised. I know that he hates the Steelers. He shows up every single time and beats the Steelers more often than none. And that's why it's a good time to get all these rumors out. You know, he's feeling a bit more comfortable. He just beat the Steelers. Why not let the cat out of the hat and say, yes, I'm moving on. Move on to Greener Pastures. That place will be Los Angeles. Mark my words, he will be there next year.
0: Well, a lot to a lot to dissect there. Speaking of those Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert, they uh, lose to the Denver Broncos 24 to seven. A big, big win by Denver to uh, you know keep their their streak uh, of uh, you know a hot to hot streak going in the last few weeks. Uh, Herbert unfortunately done for the year. Uh, he uh, played uh, at the beginning of this game and then got injured and unfortunately Eason Sick took over and wasn't able to get the job done for the Chargers. So Justin Herbert done for the year. Sad news there. I think we already figured the season was over for the Chargers. Uh, you know, so may not necessarily change uh, the outcome of their season overall, but definitely something to monitor, me, something to monitor in the off season with with Herbert and uh, how he how he heals with uh, his injuries there. But you know, the Chargers that that's a nice destination, and you know, this is a team that has a lot of talent, right? We knew from day one they had talent, and unfortunately, just I kind of gave up on them because certain franchises in sports have the talent, but are unable to kind of blossom into something special. And, you know, you don't win games on paper. So Belichick could potentially be the guy that kind of solves that for them. Uh, And speaking of those Patriots and Belichick, yes, it looks like he will move on. And the Patriots will be moving on. Right now, the Patriots have the second overall pick in the draft. The Bears having number one with the Carolinas pick, obviously, with the C.J. Strouch uh, trade. I'd be surprised they don't draft the quarterback. I'd be shocked if they don't draft the quarterback, mind you. Um, I was pretty impressed with the way Bailey Zappi played, but I don't think anybody thinks... He is the answer there. New England probably had the number two overall pick, Dom. So, look, they look like they're going to have a new uh, coach heading into next season. And the number, number two overall pick, I think they're sitting in a pretty decent spot there uh, when you think about the fact that, look, There's good talent in this year's quarterback draft class. Caleb Williams will most probably go number one. Let's say the Bears at number one, Dominic, decide to ride it out with Justin Fields. They stick with him. They take Marvin Harrison. That would leave Caleb Williams potentially there at number two for the New England Patriots, which could be a match made in heaven. So imagine that situation for the New England Patriots if they stay at the number two overall pick
1: yeah you know getting caleb williams would be a, a home run probably i was looking at their rookie quarterback class for next year i wouldn't get too hyped up yet on caleb williams mm. i think there's a guy from lsu keep an eye on him that he might be the guy that comes out and be the star of the
0: class.
1: oh yeah just beautiful 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 player out of lsu keep an eye on him but other than that I think the steal of that draft next year is Harrison. By far, it'd be extremely hard if you need a quarterback to go with Harrison. He's obviously not gonna go number one. He probably won't go number two. Whoever gets Harrison probably will inherit. I mark my words, the best NFL wide receiver for the next five years. Wow, that's how big and promising this receiver will be he has it all William literally and it's very hard for me to go and say him to be number one but I'm so close even if I was drafting and needed a quarterback this guy's like a Randy Moss Calvin Johnson wrapped into one that's like a Hall of Fame ride receiver so you know I'm gonna go all out and say that this guy's gonna be a beast and uh, there's no QBs out there that make me as confident as Marvin Harrison Jr.
0: Well, there was look. There's a lot of talk about him potentially being number one. And how crazy would that be having a wide receiver at one? Oh my, that I would love it. That would be you know a, a dream. Has it ever
1: been done? I don't even remember. It's it's funny,
0: I I don't I don't think in this Super Bowl era. No way, it has ever been done. Uh, we could we could look that up. I remember uh, talking about it with a few buddies, and not that I could recall, Dom. So no, I don't think it's ever been done where a wide receiver was taken at number one. And we could uh, we'll fact check that, folks. And get back to you on that one. Uh, But, yeah, speaking of uh, the week that was and and all the games, and, yes, Patriots, uh, you know, let's look at moving on from Belichick. uh, You know, their season is pretty much wrapped up. Two teams that have a lot to play for and played this weekend against each other. NFC East battle, Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys, man, are they looking good this year? They walk all over the Eagles winning this game 33-13. There's a lot to dissect in this game. And, you know, There's two ways you could look at it, or maybe there's one way you could look at it, or maybe you could look at it a bunch of different ways. You could look at it from the Eagles' point of view, from the Cowboys' point of view. Is Dallas, you know, better than we give them credit for, Uh, and or you know, is this just a a poor Philadelphia Eagles team, and and are the Eagles in trouble? Um, And I think both can be true. But for me, if there's one thing I take away from this game, is that. I think the Eagles are in trouble. And I think every single one of their weaknesses are being exploited. I think that the lack of leadership that the Eagles have, I think, you know, Jalen Hurts, for the most part, is a pretty good leader. Um, but, you know, A.J. Brown, you know, he just seems to lose it. Devontae Smith, you know, he's a great player, but he, he, there's a good emotion to him, but is he that leader? Jalen Smith, uh, Jalen Hurts is that leader of this team. Um, and I did not really see those, those leadership skills on display in this game. It seemed like he was kind of there... Almost, I don't want to say babysitting A.J. Brown, but it just looked like A.J. Brown was visibly frustrated, which makes sense because, you know, Gilmore did a really good job covering him. But, you know, this is a team heading in the wrong direction, you know, and and this back-to-back weeks now, they don't even put up a fight against two of the, two of the better teams in the NFC. So Philadelphia has a lot of questions to answer. And, you know, when the running game isn't working, what are you going to do, Philadelphia, right? They thrive off that run game and it just wasn't to be in this game. Look at the stats like, okay, no, AJ Brown had quite a few catches, and Wandy Smith didn't do all that bad. But, you know, I really think that in this case, the stats were deceiving, and that the Cowboys controlled this game from start to finish. Dak looked really good, he's continuing his MVP like performance. Uh, C.D. Lamb's been doing his thing, but uh, you know, right now, I think Dallas has proved they're actually a contender. I don't think I'd see that. I, I would have said that this uh, at this point of the year. Obviously, look, come playoff time, it's a whole new ball game. Hopefully Dak is able to get over those uh, those playoff jitters, but you know, Cowboys looking great at this point, and Philadelphia, man, they have a lot of questions to answer because after the great start to the season, they looked very, very poor uh, these last few weeks, and, and they've been outclassed. They might win the division because they have the easier uh, strength of schedule, but uh, I'm telling you dumb the philadelphia eagles uh me may, may be, uh in a little bit more trouble than people realize right now in the season
1: i mean yes and no i think that this is a game where nick sirianni just got out coached by mike mccarthy and if you look what mike mccarthy did he's he kind of did a the same recipe that the eagles have been doing to everybody which is a lot of passes to the running back and a lot of little schemings with the running back and in this football game look at the statistics and. Receiving-wise, they just kept it to A.J. Brown, uh, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and uh, Zacharias. And honestly, that's just not good enough. Look how Dallas utilized Tony Pollard in this game. And Tony Pollard had done nothing all year in this game. You know, his stats might not be great, but 16 carries, 59 yards. But it's those seven receptions on eight targets. That takes away the pressure and the blitzes and whatnot. So this was a game that I thought Dallas just outclassed Philadelphia coaching-wise. Am I going to say Philadelphia has done? Absolutely not. They just need to kind of like... Rejig that running game they were really big on Deandre Swift but you know he's still a smaller back you know there's got a few guys out there I mean Rashad Penny hasn't played almost a frigging down this year and that's the kind of guy you should take out of the garage late in the season and start running a lot more with Sean with Rashad Penny Boston Scott a little too small unless you unless you made Kenneth Gainwell a big more of a featured back he's a bit bigger But he seems kind of like, you know, he's sitting at five foot nine as well. It's just he's 200 pounds. 200 pounds usually gets the job done sometimes at the goal line. But that's why they got Boston Scott. They need to revamp the running game. It's that simple. Bring the running game back into the fold. You've been keen on A.J. Brown just too much, which makes it a bit more predictable. And I think Dallas was just ready. And they were ready. And Jalen Hurts didn't have a great, phenomenal game. Uh, no, no touchdowns through the air. Where was that AJ Brown combination that we saw? It's been a CD lamb show all in the second half of the season. And that's why Dallas has been a huge force in the NFC. So, but again, on any given Sunday, Dallas, I just, you know, Dak, you've been doing it. I I hope you do it for all your Dallas Cowboys friends out there, but sometimes you just never know with Dak. I still have more confidence in Jalen Hurts, believe it or not, than Mm -hmm. Dak Prescott, But we'll see where this or the chips fall at the end of the playoffs. Right now, I'm still leaning on the Eagles to be a better team, even though they lost to the Dallas Cowboys. But the Cowboys took it 33-13.
0: Yeah, hopefully this is like one of those wake-up calls, you know, you get near the end of the season. Exactly. yeah, you know, and, and like similar as a Dolphins fan, I'm trying to uh, come for myself saying it's just a wake up call the Dolphins need. So like look, they played two good teams, and uh, not know they lost to two bad teams, but uh, just the fact that they weren't competitive in each game is, is a little bit worrisome. Um so yeah, definitely uh hopefully a bounce back week for the the Eagles coming up this week. Uh a great game and a game that went to overtime with two teams having a lot to play for the Rams and the Ravens, 37 to 31, the Ravens come out victorious on a punt return touchdown by Wallace in overtime. This was a fantastic game. This was back and forth. Highlight real plays made in this game left and right. It was raining. Poconokua made a crazy catch. No gloves in the rain. Um, This was a fun, fun game. Uh, Flowers looked really good in this game. And yes, like I said, it was the punt return special teams that gets a job done for the Ravens. Ravens battling for that one seed. The Rams battling for a playoff spot. Um, You know, I thought that the cool thing about this game, Dom, is I felt that... um, we saw the superstars play well, right? You know, you look at the, the top players uh, on these teams. Cooper comes from having a, you know, he's been injured, uh, but having a quiet season. He had eight catches, 115 yards. Pukunakua had 84 yards in this one. Williams continued his good season with 114 yards. You know, Stafford, three touchdowns, no picks. Uh, then you have Lamar, three touchdowns to so one pick, 316 yards. Odell, 97 yards uh, receiving, and, and Lamar, seven yards rushing. This was a fun, fun game. And I kind of expected a good game. And, uh, you know, this makes me believe that the Rams. I think you know. I, I never thought the season was over, but I really think that this team could make a a push. And I almost go and say I think this team will go and make the playoffs. They're sitting at six and seven right now, so not really where you want to be, uh, especially in you know the the NFC with the, you know how how good it's been uh, on the, on the year this year. But they're second in the NFC West. They got the Commanders coming up next week so you've got to figure they're going to win that game but you never know so they're sitting at 7 and 7. Uh good game, fun game. I love the way that this game ended. I was able to catch the the, the fourth quarter of this one um and you know I really felt that both quarterbacks were in their element uh, for the for the most part and we saw like I said the Superstars playing their type of game and yeah, Baltimore's been in some crazy close games this year. No different here and you credit the Ravens, you know, they they played against a Rams team that was 500 but still have a lot to play for like I said. And right now if the season Season that ended today, Baltimore would have that number one overall seed, and then they'd be off the first week of the playoffs.
1: Mayday, Mayday. Here comes the Ravens. (laughs) If there's one team you do not want to have, the number one seed is the Baltimore Ravens. And I'll tell you why. This team is built kind of like you know, through Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson's skill set is really based out of the run. And those are the kind of a hybrid quarterbacks that eventually they get caught down the stretch. But if you got one last game to play, all you got to do is win three to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I guarantee you, Baltimore, if they finish first overall, Do not bet against them in the AFC. They will go deep at least to the AFC championship because this team, they can win for sure three games in a row with Lamar Jackson. Can they win four in a row? That's where I'm like, eventually it comes up, you know, Lamar will cough up the ball and boom, they lose one of those weird ones because of Lamar. But I know Lamar can string three games in a row. This was a huge playoff game. And this showed me, you see, usually Baltimore is really effective when they have a huge lead. They never really had a huge lead in this football game. Yeah. And they played against a desperate Rams team who is well coached, We've got a Super Bowl winning coach, a Super Bowl winning quarterback in Matthew Stafford and elite right receivers in Cooper Cup and Nakua. So this is as strong as you're going to see, in my opinion, throughout the entire stretch down the stretch and Baltimore won against a big team down the stretch. So it's a huge confidence builder. And the other element that I like about this new Ravens offense, and this is going to say a lot that, you know. On my opinion, to Mark Andrews, I think Mark Andrews unfortunately does not have a lot of years remaining in the NFL due to his speed. I think that it's going to be very like kind of like uh Jimmy Graham back in the day, he's mm. kind of lost his speed, it was just kind of like touchdown relevant down the stretch. Isaiah likely brings another dimension to speed on this football team that Lamar can key on. He he caught a beautiful 54 long yards uh, bomb in this football game yeah that's the type of plays that lamar excels in just these long strikes deep balls because everything's short lamar is not really good he's going to use his leg to solve those issues in this football game 11 carries, 70 yards mayday mayday i'm telling you william If baltimore finishes first overall this might be the team that goes through the super bowl they took this football game 37 to 31
0: I think that your take is really good on the fact that, you know, when needing to win three games rather than four, because yes, I think that, you know, uh, Lamar and, you know, his uh, difficulties when they come up can be obviously more prone to happen, you know, when playing in four games. And I think that, uh, you know, I agree with you in the sense that they're going to be a very dangerous number one seat if they are, but I really do think they're the team that needs the one seed the most. And, you know, that's kind of may sound a little bit out there considering there's the Dolphins who haven't looked that great at times and the Chiefs too. But, you know, I think with Baltimore come playoff time is, you know, Teams have kind of figured this team out, you know, figured how to stop them. This year may seem to be a little bit different. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's refreshing to see them play for the number one seed this late in the season, Baltimore. But I really do think that they could be a dangerous number one seed, but also talking about needing the one seed. I think that, uh, you know, is, is very true when you talk about uh, this Ravens team. All right, then we got just under two minutes before our final break. If I had to ask you a question, Dan, I'm going to put you on the spot. Which team were you most surprised lost this weekend? We had a bunch of upsets. I'm gonna go with three of them. We got the Detroit Lions losing twenty-eight to thirteen to the Bears. We got the Jags losing to Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns. And we got the Houston Texans getting obliterated 30 to 6 by the Texans. Of those three teams that lost, which one surprises you the most?
1: I'm going with my own pick, William. I'm taking those <laughs> off the board because the Green Bay Packers lose to the Giants, <laughs> William. DeVito, oh my God, DeVito, baby, in the Giants organization. Heck, imagine him being the franchise quarterback next year. I'm yeah. not buying it at all. I'm just saying nobody's giving the Giants and DeVito any love. They just won three in a row. How did Jordan Love, after having all this momentum, lose to the Giants. Come on, man. I still believe in Green Bay. I still think they're making the playoffs. I think that this team right now, I said it last week, I'm giving the keys to Jordan Love, but to lose to Davido. Ah, man, this sounds like a comedy. Might as well bring in Danny (laughs) Davido.
0: Hey, Dom. That was I loved that you went completely off script there. Caught me off guard. Uh, Yeah, you know what? Honestly, Dom, I think this loss is gonna come back to bite the Packers in the butt. And I see them missing the playoffs. I think that the Rams come out there and they get that flound wild card spot. So you're looking back later in the season, you're saying, "Oh crap! How do we miss the playoffs?" If you're the the Green Bay Packers. Well, it maybe could just be losing to da- Tommy Devito. I was gonna say Danny Devito, Tommy Devito uh, in that game. And I love the pregame and all you know the uh, the festivities and all the food that uh, you know Devito's family brought. It was like from a movie. I loved it. It was awesome to see. Very refreshing there. So great win by the Giants. And hey, the Giants aren't that far off from a playoff spot. I know that sounds crazy, but right now they are sitting at uh, five and eight. And you know, the Premier Packers are six and seven at six, and uh, and they have the final wildcard spot. And right now, they have the tie break, obviously, to the Giants. So, this could very well be a race to the finish for the Giants and the Packers as well. So, we did promise we get back to you on that answer of the number one overall pick if it ever was a wide receiver. It's actually been uh, three times where a wide receiver has been taken number one overall, Dominic, and the last one being Keyshawn Johnson in 1996 going to the New York Jets, coming out of USC. So yeah, it's happened three times, but not happened in a while. If my math is correctly, 20, it's been 27 years since this last happened. So it would be really cool if we got to see it happen this year. All right, uh, we didn't talk about every game, but we talked about the majority of them that happened this past weekend. Uh, like I mentioned, there were quite a few upsets. Uh, we already talked about the Steelers win. As uh, soon as you can see those loss. We had, like I said, the Lions losing to the Bears 28-13. to Cincinnati. 34-14, to 14. Jake Browning looking good and putting the team on his back. Uh, I talked about Joe Flacco there and the Browns being the Jags, 31-27. to 27. The Carolina Panthers just cannot seem to score points. They lose 28-6 to 6 to the Panthers. Shocker, the Jets win 30-6 to 6 against the Houston Texans. We had an absolute slugfest between the Minnesota Vikings and Las Vegas Raiders. Finishing three to nothing. Last (laughs) time that happened, I believe, was 2007, where my Dolphins put up zero points. And I believe it was against your Steelers, Dominic, actually. So pretty crazy there. Uh, We had San Francisco beating the Seahawks 28 to 16. San Fran looking as good as ever. And that would wrap up what happened. This week in the NFL. Uh, Crazy, I think we're already in week 15, December 14th. Man out time flies, almost Christmas time. So let's get to the game that's happening uh, later today uh, or later Thursday. I should just say because we're recording on Tuesday. We got a divisional matchup between the Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders. Herbert, unfortunately, done for the year. Uh, Hopefully the Raiders can score more than zero points this time. They are three-point favorites against those Chargers.
1: Yeah, a lot of people are going to be taking the Raiders this week, but something tells me that the Chargers are going to take this football game. Yeah, they're going to go with Easton Stick, and he has a bit more of a combination with Quinton Johnston in, in terms of, like, connection. Because last time, finally, Quinton Johnston showed up when he played with Easton Stick. So I think that will be the recipe for success. Give me the Chargers 24-20. to 20.
0: You know what, Dom? I'm just I'm I'm done with this Chargers. And look, I you know I get it now. It's easy for me to jump on them now with, with No. Herbert. Uh, but even with Herbert, they've been too up and down. I think look, the Raiders had a very poor week this past week offensively. I think they, you know, kind of change a, a few things up. Uh um, maybe decide to expand the playbook a little I, a little. I think they win this game. I am gonna go final score twenty to thirteen. For those Raiders, uh, we got games on Saturday this week, and actually three of them. Uh, one of them between a battle of two seven and six teams. We got the Minnesota Vikings and the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals favored by three and a half. A huge game for both teams. I'm gonna go with Cincy. I'm gonna go with uh, with Jake Browning, continuing his uh, you know is a uh, great great start to his. Uh, well, a continuation of his career with the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that the Bengals win this game. I'm going to go 27 to 17 here for Cincinnati, and yeah, the uh, Browning continues, and the Bengals improve to eight and six.
1: Yeah, I'm going to disagree here. I really do believe that Brian Flores. I said it a few weeks ago that this guy was the MVP. I think he showed it last week. Zero points he uh, allowed to his opponent. So, in yeah. my opinion, you know, Browning is due. For a failure, and it will happen against Nick Mullins and the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota takes it twenty-eight to thirteen.
0: All right, still on Saturday, we got a battle of another two seven and six teams. We got your Pittsburgh Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts. We got Indy favored by two and a half. Oh,
1: I just wish I saw Mason Rudolph come out in the second half because they're clearly gonna go with Mitch Trubinsky, and we all know how awful Mitch Trubinsky is. Ah, yeah, unfortunately, (laughs) the Steelers are not going to win this football game. Give me Gardner Minshew and the Indianapolis Colts to take it 23 to
0: 20. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I'm going gonna, gonna to go the Colts win and they improve to eight and six. And this is huge, like almost a must win game for both teams, both battling for the wild card spot, both with identical records. I'm going to say uh, final score 23 to 14 here for the Indianapolis Colts and they get the much needed win. Next up, another seven and 16. We got the Denver Broncos at the Detroit Lions. Uh, Saturday night game, Lions favored by four and a half at home. Oof, do the Lions ever need a bounce back? I think they get it, but I don't think they cover. I think this, this has potential to be a good game. I think they go and take a game-winning field goal as time expired. Fires and the Detroit Lions win 27-26 an edge out a victory over the Broncos.
1: I don't know why, but I smell a blowout, William. Detroit is just right now. Sometimes they didn't play well last week. I think they have to blow out the Denver Broncos to get back that mojo. So I am going with that blowout. Give me Detroit 35 to
0: 13. Wow. All right. We got our Sunday games now divisional matchup Atlanta Falcons at the Carolina Panthers. Carolina underdogs in this one by three. I'm going to go with Atlanta to win, Atlanta to cover. Mad Caroline just hasn't looked good. And I've been kind of waiting to see if something happens. And look, you know, Bryce Young hasn't been great. He doesn't have, you know, all that many weapons. Uh, So yeah, I think that we're going to see a lot of that exposed in this game. Atlanta coming off a tough loss. They have a lot to play for. They get the job done. They win and they win big. I'm going to go final score 29-12, to Falcons.
1: Never bet against a streak. The Carolina Panthers are abysmal right now, but you know (laughs) what? I'm going to break that rule. I just hate Desmond Raider so much that I'm calling an upset. The Carolina Panthers will win this football game 23-17.
0: Oof, already a second win of the season. Next up, we got an AFC East matchup. New York Jets at the Miami Dolphins. we got the Dolphins favored by eight and a half.
1: Yeah, this is another game where Miami just needs to annihilate the Jets. But, ah, oh man, if Tyreek Hill's not 100%, that Jets secondary's been really strong. Yeah. Miami will win this football game. They will not cover the spread. They will take it 24-20. to Wow,
0: well, I had a very similar score. Uh, you know, I'm going go to go 25-20, very similar reasons, like you said. I do think Tyreek ends up playing this game. But, you know, even if he does, that Jets defense, like you said, is scary. Who knows if Tyreek is going to be at 100%. And look, the Jets sitting at 5-8, and eight, you know, they feel that if they win out, they'll have a chance at the playoffs. Zach Wilson uh, playing for his career right now and had a pretty good game. So I think they keep it close, but the Dolphins end up getting the victory. Next up, Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans. we got the Tennessee favored by two and a half. Houston, shocking, uh, only scoring six points against the Jets. Look, I get why Tennessee's favored. They're home. They're coming off a good win. Houston did not look good. But I think very similar to, you know, other teams needing to bounce back this week. I think the Houston Texans uh, will do that. And they're going to win a very close game. I'm going to go 28-24. Could be the game of the week, honestly. Texans win and they improve to 8-6.
1: You know, Tennessee's still trying to grasp at straws here, trying to make the playoffs. I think they're favored because, I think C.J. Stroud is still in concussion protocol. That spread will change if he plays, and they probably will be favored. Uh, it's a tough one. I'm going to say that he plays. Yeah. Favored by two, but Tennessee covers the spread still. Houston takes it 24 to
0: 23. All Next up, we got the Kansas City Chiefs at the New England Patriots. Kansas City favored by nine and a half. I'm going to go with Casey. I'm going to go with Casey to win big. Uh, look, I mean... Kansas City is playing for the division right now. And, you know, maybe even their playoff lives. If Denver finds a way to beat the Lions and Kansas City loses, they'll have identical records. So, you know, Mahomes needs to get the job done. I think he's much calmer and uh, more collective after his performance of last weekend. I'm going to go with the Kansas City to win here, 32-14. to 14.
1: If there's one game where people are going to be betting their house, it's going to be this football game. <laughs> I don't know How anybody can bet on New England, which is why this game scares the daylights out of me. In other words, do not bet on this football game because I see somehow New England winning this football game. I'm not going to call it. I'm not going to call it. I just see it big time possible. It's the biggest trap game of the season. I can't go and do it, but they will cover the spread and Casey will win in overtime 26 to 20.
0: All right, next up, we got the Chicago Bears at the Cleveland Browns. Browns favored by three and a half. Joe Flacco looked pretty good in that game. Ooh, this is a tough one to predict. Ah. I'm going to go with Cleveland to win this game. I'm going to go with Cleveland to win. I think it will be one of those tight games. Uh, You know, if Cleveland finds a way to squeeze in the playoffs with everything that's gone, uh, you know, on for them this season, that'd be, you know, a miracle and a half. And I think they do find a way to win this game. I'm going to go final score 21-20. And the Browns are, who would have thought, 9-5 at this point in the season.
1: Oh, baby, do I ever love this storyline with Joe Flacco? I love it so much. I got, that's won a Super Bowl. I got, you know, a lot of faith in Joe Flacco. Unfortunately, Joe, for whatever reason, you're not winning this football game. I do love a mobile fast quarterback against a really aggressive defense. Justin Fields will get the best out of the Cleveland Browns. Give me Chicago 24 to 20.
0: All right, next up, we got the New York Giants at the New Orleans Saints. We got the Saints at home favored by six.
1: You know those Saints. I mean, like, everyone's going to be like, again, not trusting DeVito. It's in New Orleans, but they're favored by six. All right, they'll win this football game, but they won't cover the spread. They will take it in overtime, 23-20. to
0: Give me some of that DeVito magic. I'm jumping on the bandwagon. They have, you know, on a roll. The Giants continue that roll. And both teams after this game will be 6-8. and eight. The Giants go into New Orleans. They get the dub on the road, led by two passing touchdowns from DeVito. And a great stand late in the game by their defense. 24-20, final score. New York Giants win this game. Next up, we got Tampa Bay at the Green Bay Packers. Both teams at 6-7. and seven. Oof, this is a tough one. Game is in Green Bay. Who do you trust more? Um, I'm going to go with Green Bay in this one. These are tough games to pick this week. Green Bay uh, didn't look good, obviously, uh, in uh, in their game against the New York Giants. Tampa Bay is coming off a high. Uh, look, I just think that you know Green Bay's right now, they're just too kind of good of a squad to, to lose back-to-back weeks. Somebody tells me they're going to find a way to win this game. They're going to win. They will not cover. Final score, 25-23, Packers.
1: Yeah, I have to go with the Packers as well. I think a lot of people are going to see what they did last time they played in Green Bay. Maybe they're going to be picking the Packers as well. But I, I did not like what I saw with uh, Garner Minchu. I just, not Garner Minshew, I didn't like what I saw with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Basically, not able to throw off the run, and that concerns me. So give me Green Bay, 27 to 20. They take it over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
0: All right, we got San Francisco 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals. We got San Fran favored by 13 and a half. I think this spread is very good. I think San Fran's going to win. They're going to cover, and they're going to show why they think they're the best team in football. 37-10, final score, Niners.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, William. I think San Francisco is the cream of the crop of the NFL. That spread is huge, but uh, you got to go with San Fran here. Give me San Francisco 35-14.
0: All right, Washington Commanders at the Los Angeles Rams. we got the Rams favored by six and a half. This could be a good game. You know, I think it will be. And I, I said earlier in the show, I think the Rams will win this game. And I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say final score, uh, 27-21 here for those LA Rams. Cooper Cup getting two touchdowns and the Rams getting back to 500.
1: That's a really good score. It's going to be around that. Seriously, it's going to be a bubble score for that spread. I do agree that the Rams will take this football game and they cover the spread. Game of the Rams, 28-21. to 21.
0: Next up in what could be the game of the week, shout out to my boys, uh, Terry and Jaffa, who are going to this game, two Cowboys fans, Dallas Cowboys at the Buffalo Bills. We got Buffalo favored by two and a half, a rematch of Super Bowl many, many years ago. Look, I get why Buffalo's favored their home, a nice win against Kansas City. But right now, the Cowboys are hot, and I'm riding with the hot team. Cowboys win this game in what will be the game of the week. Final score, 32-29 in overtime for the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, William. This is a tough game for the Bills to play. I think uh, a lot of people are going to see them beating Kansas City, and they're going to feel the hot streak coming along. But Dallas D is truly a great one. And it's probably going to be a pick fest, again, as usual, for Josh Allen, giving the Dallas Cowboys to win this football game 28-21. to
0: Another good game. Sunday night, we got the Baltimore Ravens at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars uh, in this one are playing at home. But Baltimore is favored by 35 Oof, I think Baltimore's going to win, and I think Baltimore's going to cover. You know, it, it's hard to trust Jacksonville right now. It really, really is, and Baltimore is good. They're playing very good football right now. So I'm going to go with a two-possession game, 29-20, final score, Ravens win.
1: I agree with you, William. I think that they are eyeing that number one seed, and nothing's going to stop them from getting it. Give me Baltimore steamrolling Jacksonville, 35-10. to
0: All right, and to top it off, we got Monday Night Football Battle of the Birds. We got the Philadelphia Eagles at the Seattle Seahawks. We got Philly favored by three and a half. A lot of people are saying Philly will get this in the bounce back game. Do I agree? I do. This team is too good to win, excuse me, to lose three straight games. I know I said, look, are they to be trusted? Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, Hurts will not let it happen. Philadelphia's going to go in there, and they're going to win what could be a muddy and greedy type of game. I'm going to say... Final score at 20 to 17 here for the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Oh, this is my game of the week, William. Monday
0: night football
1: under the <laughs> big lights. Pete Carroll and the 12th man. You got to call it. Seattle will upset the Philadelphia Eagles. Seattle and the 12th man will be the difference in overtime. Give me Seattle wow. 36 to 30.
0: Wow, we're treated to a lot of great matchups this weekend. Very, we just talked about those last three games should be very good, and we got three games on Saturday. Should be a very fun and exciting week in the NFL. Can't believe we are already Week 15. Uh, playoff pushes on the line, folks. Hope your team is in the mix because nothing more exciting than being uh, alive this time and uh, this part of the year. So once again, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week, same place, same time. Enjoy football. You were listening to CJLO 69 AM. And we're for yeah. yeah.